Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and this is the last episode on the road to Dragon Con, which starts, I think, for a lot of people tonight. Uh, This is a special early release episode of the Needless Things Podcast, because it wouldn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to put it up on Friday when Dragon Con has already started. Uh, But here we are. It's go time, and today's interview is with Mr. Bo Brown, the director of the Dragon Con puppetry track. I reported to Brownton Abbey for a live conversation with Bo about what's going on this year, his amazing selection of guests, and the tie-in that the puppetry track was lucky enough to have with the launching, I think, Friday Dark Crystal series. It's crazy how that worked out. So the puppetry track is always big and exciting and wonderful and magical. And this year uh, is going to be more so than ever because of that fortunate timing. So awesome conversation with Bo that's going to give you the scoop on everything that's going on with the puppetry track. So much more information than you can find out, even from the Dragon Con app. Uh, So that's going to be a great conversation you're going to enjoy. But first, speaking of the Dragon Con app, I have it open right here in my hand in front of me. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is available right now. It's been available for for like a week and a half at this point, uh, if not a little bit longer. So, I have opened up my Dragon Con app. I have selected myself because I am listed under speakers. You can go and find Dave West, and you can find each and everything that I am doing at Dragon Con. And now it's really important for you to remember that after you have seen a panel, you go into that app and you rate it. Because that's how they know who's good, who's not, what things need improvement, uh, and and be genuine. You know, if I get out there and I'm a little rough and I'm not doing the job well, provide, you know, criticism. Like, intelligent, helpful criticism. Don't just say, oh, that guy sucked, because that's not helping anybody. Especially if only one person says it, because then they tend to kind of disregard it. But if you say, uh, you know, it seemed like you didn't have notes prepared or, you know, whatever... You know, that's fine. Put that stuff out there. But if you had a great time, then say that too. If you attend something that you feel needs more space, mention that. It's very, very important to go into this feedback and to be honest about it. And uh, that's how every single year we got a bigger ballroom for the game show is from that feedback. So Dragon Con takes that stuff very seriously. Okay, so uh, for, for you, the listeners, I am quickly going to run down my schedule at this year's Dragon Con. Now, obviously, on Thursday will be arrival, check-in, badge pickup, all that kind of business. Uh, Thursday night, I'll be stopping by DCW. Uh, There are a couple other cool things going on, but nothing that I'm officially part of. That doesn't start until Friday morning at 11.30 a.m. You're going to want to show up in the Hilton Grand East for my panel with Jake the Snake Roberts. Unbelievable, crazy, it's Jake the Snake, Uh, it's big. It's almost a little overwhelming, but not quite. I can handle it. It's going to be amazing. Uh, He is a a unique living legend. And then immediately after that, at 1 p.m., we have Geek Year 1989 presented by the Needless Things Podcast. Myself and a wonderful panel of individuals will be talking about 1989. And I've got a very special, fun something planned for that panel If you have black with yellow polka dots, I highly recommend you wear it to that panel to get in on the fun that we have planned. Uh, But even outside of that, it's going to be a great panel. Audience interaction, you know how we do it. Uh, After that, nothing until later Friday night, 8.30 p.m. uh, for the Urban Fantasy Track in the Weston Chastain 1 and 2. I am going to be on an angel panel. This is new for me. I have not done anything with this track before, and I don't think I know anybody else on this panel, uh, which is kind of cool. No, I've worked with Valerie Hampton before, 
but it's cool. I'm excited. It's new people, new panel, new audience, uh, and talking about Angel. So that's going to be very cool. Uh, 10 p.m. in the same hotel, fortunately for me, uh, Weston Peachtree 1 and 2. Needless Things presents the Blair Witch Legacy. Now, this is technically a Needless Things panel, but Thomas Mariani, who is awesome and who I've done many panels with, uh, is going to be on this one as our special guest. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about everything Blair Witch, the history of it, the impact of it. Uh, It's going to be a great, fun panel. Uh, The next day, Saturday at 1 p.m., same room, Weston Peachtree 1 and 2, the Horror of Scooby-Doo uh, should be very cool. I am excited to be on this panel with Thomas Mariani, Bill Mulligan, Bobby Nash, Gail Z. Martin, and uh, it's it's going to be cool. We're going to talk about Scooby-Doo. I mean, what do you need to know? It's great, and it's, it's definitely uh, one of the seeds of my horror fandom, for sure. Uh, okay, Saturday after that, I'm pretty open. Now I have things going on, but nothing official. Saturday night, 10 p.m., this is the big one, okay? Look, Phantomaniacs, if you're going to show up for anything that I do this year, please show up for the world premiere of Troublemaker, followed by a Q&A. It's at 10 p.m. For some reason in the app, it's listed as two hours and 30 minutes. That's crazy talk. We're not going that long at all. Uh, the film is a tight, I think it's 51 minutes now, actually, Uh and then we're going to have a Q&A afterwards with myself, Oz, uh, Beth, and Jason. We're going to talk about the film, what went down with it. And our very special MC for this event is Mike Gordon. I am delighted that he was interested in being a part of this. And he's going to, he's going to lend the affair an air of class that it otherwise might not have. And we're going to have some special guests as well that I'm not going to announce right now. You're going to have to show up to find out. Oh, and we also have extremely limited edition badge ribbons and posters that you're only going to be able to get at this event. Our friend Belligerent Monkey designed a movie poster, like a, a legit awesome one-of-a-kind original design movie poster that it's it's belligerent monkey's art and it really like it warms my heart to know that he's the guy that did this limited edition print we're gonna have those to give out for free as well but they're limited not everybody's gonna get one so show up early uh to make sure that you do if you want one uh all right the next day 2 30 p.m nicholas cage match presented by sci fighters this is in the classics track room uh marriott m103 105 and we are going to be holding basically a king of the ring tournament with 16 different characters that nicholas cage has played and we we uh, and the audience are going to determine which nicholas cage role reigns supreme that's going to be an awesome time. After that, okay, so this is a weird one. This is not listed on my schedule, but I am listed as an additional speaker or whatever. Uh, the Legend of Dustin Rhodes. It's a panel with Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, the Natural Dustin Rhodes, whatever you want to call him. It is on Sunday at 4 p.m. Uh, it's in the Hyatt international east i think it is you can find it in the app though look up dustin Rhodes in the app i'll be moderating that panel and then 5 30 p.m needless things presents the video game hall of fame best worlds uh still a clunky title nobody can seem up to come with any, including myself can seem to come up with anything great uh for these video game hall of fame panels but we're going to figure out the best world from classic video games and classic video games means anything that was released up through 2004 because we determined uh that that's when the current generation of video game consoles launched by current we mean like xbox and playstation 3 like to me we're technically still in that era even though we're a generation past that now like that's the modern era with playstation 3 uh that's our arbitrary decision if you don't like it come and tell us why and why we're wrong uh and again lots of audience interaction on this one we will take your suggestions as well we'll incorporate them into the conversation and we will determine the best video game world and uh finally four panels in a row on sunday it is gonna be rough but fortunately the last one is at 7 p.m and it's one that i'm really really excited about so i won't have a problem getting up for it uh 
I like to think of the crew that is on this panel as Team Slasher because we've done panels several years in a row together now, and they're all horror-related. Uh, and that is uh, Clay Gilbert, Mary Mancusi, and Kat Scully. Uh, we have all worked together. And then our moderator is Katie Elliott, and we are going to talk about it, everything about it, because the new movie comes out like right after Dragon Con, and I'm excited for that one as well. But let me just tell you guys, I've got a lot of back-to-back panels, and I've got to figure out some costume changes, because you know how I roll. I don't show up in a t-shirt and uh, uh, short pants and flip-flops. Uh, I, I don't I don't play that. Uh, so I'm going to have to do some quick costume changes, and uh, also... The entire time, make sure that I stay uh, hydrating and gyrating uh, nonstop. So there you go. That is my schedule for Dragon Con. Like I said, you can go into the Dragon Con app, find me under speakers, and everything I'm doing will be in there except for that Gold Dust panel, which I am on, but for some reason am, am not officially in in my schedule. But I, I am assured, well, and even in the app, it says Dave West. It's just not my speaker link or whatever it is. So there you go. That's what's going on. Uh, I am wrapping this intro up there because guess what? I've got packing to do. I've still got to sew conductive thread into two different pairs of gloves. Uh, I've I've got some business. It's nothing I can't handle between now and Thursday, but it's still working nights tomorrow night and Tuesday night. I am recording this on Sunday. Uh, Working nights tomorrow and Tuesday, I'll be making my last notes and and, uh, uh, gathering my panel information together uh, in one place, by which I mean my note cards, which I lost the Halloween note card last year, and I still haven't found it. I have everything else. I have every piece of paperwork from my Dragon Cons for the past, like, six or seven years. Six years, because 2012 was my first year of, of presenting at Dragon Con. So for the past five, six years, I've got every piece of paperwork except for that Halloween note card. I don't know what happened to that thing, but somebody out there has got my very personal, intimate thoughts about Halloween, and I hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's that's it, you guys. It's go time. Uh, finish your packing. Buy the last of your alcohol. Uh, figure out your sleeping arrangements. Do whatever it is you got to do because Dragon Con officially starts tomorrow night, and it's going to be wild. Uh, speaking of wild, here is a song from our pals, the Mystery Men. Enjoy that, and then enjoy me speaking to Mr. Bo Brown. <laughs> We got all the things we can't talk about out of the way at right. lunch, so now we can just yeah. discuss. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that actually worked out really well. I'll leave those parts out. Yeah. <laughs> so, 2019. Yes. And Dragon Con is here. Less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is, right? Because people. I mean, I guess who knows how early people get into town, but I think Monday at this point is when a lot of people really start coming in mm-hmm. and that's a week away from today that is preparation wise though you've been at it since january since january yeah i start in january i i post on the facebook group it's, it's time it's time to get things started right right and uh and then i start reaching out to people and um i didn't quite get what i wanted to get out of this year um, my goal was to really sort of try to do some more deeper cuts of puppet stuff. You know, we've done the Muppets and we've done Sesame Street and we, you know, and, and having done, you know, a huge MST, MST3K year, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to just, I wanted to create programming that would entice puppeteers to come to Dragon Con to see, um, so to lean a little less away from the pop culture puppetry mission of the track and to lean heavily into the other right part, which is, you know, the, the art of live puppet theater. 
um, and and some more obscure stuff. I tried to get Cephalonali for Ryan. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh. I came very close. I, I I had lunch with Rob Schraub and pitched you know all of it for him to come because he's buddy buddies with Liam Lynch. That never materialized, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where if people have never been to Dragon Con. It's that whole like, what is that about dragons? It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard whole, to it's hard to to sell it, it as a big of a convention as it is. Right, that isn't Comic Con. Well, and that's the thing is that's the other the other aspect of that is that despite its massive, unbelievable size, mm-hmm. because it's not a big media convention like those other ones, Dragon Con just isn't as high profile. Well, and I was trying, you know, I tried to pitch it, you know, like, this will be really fun. Like, this will be fun for you to come do. Yes. And you and your buddy can enjoy Dragon Con and do some programming from, you know, about this stuff that you guys used to do, you know, um, in the past and don't really, you know, get to revisit that stuff. Right. Uh, Because they have gone on to, 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 you know, lots of other things. Lots and lots of different things and, and, and further steps of their career than when they were doing weird little avant-garde puppet stuff. Um, so, so and Ronnie Burkett didn't work out, um, which was a real shame. He had a conflict uh, with his new show, Forget Me Not, playing in New York at, at the same time, and so he just said, eventually, you know, I, I feel like if I, if I haven't committed to you by now, though, I can't keep you strung along, so I, I should just, you should just move on and, and nail some people down who, you know, couldn't give you a yes. Right. So that was disappointing, but um, the things that did work out, uh, I was able to get Barnaby Dixon, um, who I was put in touch with through Dave Chapman, who's one of the two BB-8 puppeteers. Okay. So uh, I was able to get his information and reach out to him, and I'm very excited that he's coming. Uh, He is totally tickles that itch that I wanted of somebody... Not pop culture necessarily related, but with somebody that puppeteers really look up to. And he's, you know, he's this weird YouTube puppeteer guy who's doing very strange, new, um, just the kind of puppetry that people aren't used to. And and that's always part of the mission, you know, is to have somebody come to a puppetry track event and walk out going, I didn't know puppets could do that. Right. You know, that's, that's always part of the mission, and Barnaby fits that to a T. Right. It's not just about... Hey, remember Kermit the Frog and, right. and Mr. Snavalovagus? It's about the art. Exactly. So having somebody like Barnaby who's, who is pushing puppetry into places that um, people aren't used to seeing uh, and, and that is the kind of person who, when puppeteers here, oh my God, you got Barnaby Dixon. That's crazy. I'm, I want to I meet him. Right. Um, and then you can uh, and then the other person that I had reached out to was I really wanted somebody from the Letter People, which was a educational uh, sort of reading Rainbow era um, show that that we actually I watched in kindergarten. They would wheel the little TV cart in, and we would watch uh, the I Letter People. That at all. And had worksheets and activities, and, oh. and I had I had coloring pages. Each each character on the show was a letter. And the vowels, the vowels were female, and the consonants were men, and, uh, male characters. And the show is weird. I mean, like you, if you watch an episode of The Letter People now, it's very strange. Um, they didn't have backgrounds; everything was just shot on this like black void. So there'd be like a playboard that's you know um, like a brick wall, right? Uh, so it wasn't like the Muppets where, where, or Henson style puppetry where the TV is the frame. They were still pointing a camera at a, at a puppet stage. Um, you know. And not making an attempt to like, this is, this is a living room. Right. Or this is a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just sort of like these random interactions with these letter people characters. Um, you know, like Mrs. A was for at you. And so she sneezed all the time. You know, Mr. The T was tall teeth. So you have this guy with these big gigantic teeth. And, you know, they these weren't Muppet puppets. The puppetry wasn't Muppet style. The puppets aren't Muppet style. They, you know, are, they spend most of the time looking up at the ceiling. 
um, and performing bad lip sync, you know, um, all the things that the Henson style of puppetry really perfected. Right, right. Well, didn't happen over here. Um, but Alan Troutman, uh, who was in college, got his first sort of puppeteering gig uh, on the show. And then he went on to do lots of stuff for Henson, and um, he's on Splash and Bubbles with uh, hometown hero Raymond Carr. So Raymond knows, uh, knows him. Um, and in fact, there's almost like a Splash and Bubbles reunion going on because Alice Denian, who's coming in for Dark Crystal, is also on Splash and Bubbles. So we have actually three of the Splash and, Bu- Splash and Bubbles puppeteers uh, all coming. So for the listeners, I'm, I'm looking at an episode of The Letter People right now, and it's immediately <laughs> very strange. Very strange. These are absolutely not Henson puppets. Like, you can tell. I think even the untrained eye. It's it's weird because they're sort, they're sort of a mix. Visually, they're a sort of mix between Sid and Marty, like, the acid trippiness of Sid and Marty Croft with, like, the colors in the 70s kind of look to them. Yeah. But they're more, I mean, they're still, like, hand puppets. Yikes. Moving mouth hand puppets like like the Muppets. This, this lady... I'm gonna. This she might be the cover of this episode. That's Miss A. Yeah, that's that's, that's Miss A. Miss A is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was very fond of the Letter People as a kid. Well, I sure, think it was sure. probably one of my first ex- real exposures to puppetry, <laughs> other than you know Sesame Street and things like that. And I had all of the coloring sheets in alphabetical order on my wall up uh, like around my room. At, like, where the wall meets the ceiling. Okay. Like, I had all of these characters in my room, in alphabetical order. Like, it was it was just something that I was really attracted to. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost, in some ways, it's sort of like why I like He-Man. It was this big ensemble cast of really weird characters. Right. And that's what I've... What I like for some reason, I find myself attracted to these... Variety and variety diversity. Variety ensemble and, casts. Yeah. Kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, so Alan Troutman from The Letter People is really exciting, and then all the other stuff. He also does lots of, you know, he, I, I mentioned that he does Splash and Bubbles, but he also does lots of other kinds of digital puppetry. So he worked on, like, The Jungle Book. So when the, Mog- the when Mowgli is interacting with the CG animals, there were puppet stand-ins. So okay. that the Mowgli actor could interact with a thing that actually moved sort of like... You know, so he did. He does that kind of digital puppetry. Just just having a tennis ball on a stick, stick. exactly. So, so he not only does he do like digital motion, digital motion capture puppetry, which is like what Splash and Bubbles is. Mm. um, You know, where they're they're performing digital characters that exist digitally, uh, but also this other style of puppetry that is used, which is then replaced um, with with computer graphics rather than animating the computer graphic characters directly. Like Splash and Bubbles or or um, Sid the Science Kid or Word Party, which which we've talked about before, I guess been talking about for years. Where I think there's a really exciting middle ground mm-hmm. of using uh, digital technology to enhance some of the limitations of puppetry. Absolutely, and I think those two mediums are really exciting. I, I would imagine. That well, we'll we'll see we'll a lot of that in Dark Crystal. Yeah, 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 we'll see a lot of that in Dark Crystal. Um, Which is what upended your your suite. Yes. Yeah, so then, avant garde so plan. A couple, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take a break from Henson, and, and we're not going to do Henson stuff this year because Dark Crystal's not coming out till November. So we'll just you know we'll do it next year, and everyone will have had a year to digest the show and do their cosplays and and all that. And then about two months before Dragon Con. They announced that, that Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is going to air on Netflix the Friday of Dragon Con. Oh, gosh. And so... Now, I, is there, are, are you doing any kind of screening or anything for um, it? We are not able to do a screening. Okay. We went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and um, the screening did not work out. Okay. Um, which is a bummer, but, you know, it is what it is. So, it's, it's this weird... Situation where we're doing the Dark Crystal panel on Saturday. Oh my god! The day after the show is aired, but everybody oh. is at Dragon Con. It's going to be like, who saw the show? Some people who watched it in their hotel rooms, maybe? Like, you know, uh, spoilers. This whole panel is spoilers for a show that that's, aired yesterday. It's really funny because, in, in theory, 
we have people who may go back to their hotel rooms mm-hmm. and sit and watch this show people, people. on their little tiny phone screens. Yeah. That's uh, how they're going to take it in. Maybe. And um, then they're going to uh, and then they're gonna watch do a it, panel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, now, these are Dragon Con people. You know, these are these are some nerds. These people are hooking their hooking their laptops up to the t- up to the TV in their room. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, let's not sell it short. I mean, that's you know. true. Um, but uh, but anyway, so so we have uh, the Dark Crystal group is uh, Allison Ian, who plays uh, I think she's Berea, which is one of the main Gelfland characters, and then the Ornamentalist, um, which I believe is a mystic. So she plays two two characters. Um, she's one of the handful of people on the show who's puppeteering and voicing characters. A lot of it is there's puppeteers with celebrity right, voice actors. Right, right. Um, but because she, which you know, I, I understand wanting to put a gigantic list of celebrity names because that's what that's a draw. And it's and it's and ever since Aladdin, it is what animated movies have done. Mm-hmm. They have it's like it's you know. It's this movie about talking animals, and the big selling point is all the voice actors. Well, now, wait just know. a minute there, Bo, because prior to Aladdin, in 1986, Transformers the movie had Judd Nelson, Orson Welles, Robert Culp, okay. Robert Stack. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But, 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 they, were but no, the marketing, they were no Robin Williams. The marketing wasn't featuring the voices of... No, it was. It was. For Transformers? Yes. Okay, well, but... Orson, Orson Welles was a big part of the marketing for that movie. Okay. Uh, All right. Enough. All right. But you're right. Robin Williams was a different level. In 1991, 90, when did it come out? Uh, Whenever it was. Yeah. Robin Williams was a very different level of performer. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody that was And you look at, like, who were, the cele- who were the celebrity voice actors in Beauty and the Beast? Right. You know? Well, like, and also... Angela Lansbury. Also, that, you know what? and the fact that they based the character around Williams' mm-hmm. performance, because obviously nobody in Transformers looked like Judd Nelson. Right, no. <laughs> he had no impact on how they depicted yeah. that character. He just there's a really, lines. there's a really sad that whole thing about Robin Williams being being the genie is you could there's a, a sort of duck featurette about it on, online. You can look it up on YouTube, and you know. Basically, the deal was he said, "You can't, you you can't sell anything with me. Right. I will do the voice of the genie. I want to be in a Disney movie, but you are not allowed to sell me." Right. And Disney was like, "Sure," yeah. and then turned around and did exactly that. So there was all this bad yeah. blood between. But um, he, he came back. He came back and did the third movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. The straight-to-video third movie. Well, yeah, he, he, you know. Because um, I think it was... I want to say... No, it's not Don Herrera. So, uh, somebody did the genie in the second movie, mm-hmm. and then Robin Williams came back and did it again oh, in the third okay. one. So they must have... Something. Well, figured out. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah. So Dark Crystal Age of Resistance has a bajillion famous voice acting people in it. Um, and Alethine is one of the actual puppeteers who gets to voice a character, which is really exciting. Uh, then Dave Chapman of Star Wars BB-8 fame is also a puppeteer. They have not announced which characters he is yet, but he is listed as a core puppeteer. Um, which means that you were, you know, puppeteering important characters. Oh, right, right. Um, not just like backgrounds and extra arms and stuff. Um, and then, uh, Barnaby Dixon who is sort of like a guest puppeteer. He did something that you'll have to wait and see. Um, very, very interesting and cool. Um, and, and it's one of... Yeah, I, I can't really go into it, um, but it is really, really neat. Um, and then, so it'll be Alice, uh, Dave, and Barnaby, and then Peter Brook, who is the creative supervisor of the Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Uh, so we'll have puppeteers to talk about the puppetry, and then we'll also have a fabricator, you know, the head of the Creature Shop, to talk about making all the gelflings and making oh, all the puppets awesome. and everything. So, we'll, so we're doing what is very important to me, which is not a Dark, a dark Crystal Age of Resistance panel isn't a panel of voice actors. Right. It is puppeteers and puppet right, right. Um, because we are the puppetry track, and that is what we do. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm very pleased about that. And then this, the, the other things that Peter is doing is really exciting. He has a panel called A Day in the Life, uh, A Day in the Dimension Creature Shop. That's basically just going to be like, this is what an average day in the creature shop looks like. Uh, and will sort of t- walk us through the normal everyday comings and goings as, as normal as they could be. You know, right, um, right. you know the, what, what, it, what it would be like to just be a fly on the wall um, in there. And then the other thing he's doing, um, which I'm really, really excited about because I, you know a big part of what's important to me about being a puppetry track director is to create opportunities. Um, so he is doing a creature fabricator portfolio review session. First come, first serve. If you are a creature builder, an aspiring creature builder, you can bring your portfolio, you get in line, and you will get to sit one-on-one with Peter Brook, and he will go through your portfolio with you and give you constructive criticism on your portfolio. That's fantastic, because that's the type of stuff they used to do at comic conventions. You know, Mm -hmm. Marvel would would set artists specifically, artists and writers specifically to do that at comic conventions. And I don't know that that really happens anymore. It's now I, I want people to think it, this is not like a headhunting mission. No, it's not like a job. Interview. It's not a job interview. It is. It is a, a, a gift from this artist to say, right, right. I am as he's it. I mean, he's as professional as you get in this right. industry, and to give you pointers on how, how your work looks uh, and things like that. And and I'd also like to stress to people that this is specifically for creatures. If you're a straight-up, like, Muppety-looking puppet builder, this isn't really what this is about. Okay. This is specifically about creatures. So, animatronics, you know, latex, silicon, all that stuff. Um, you know, if you show up with a portfolio full of Muppets, then he's going to be like, this is very nice, thank you. But that's not <laughs> what this is about. Okay. Um, so, I hope that people can take advantage of this opportunity. Um, you know, there's a lot, you know... Here in Atlanta, we have tons and tons of talented special effects people from the TV and film industry here. So I really hope that they, you know, can get their yeah. portfolios together and take advantage of this opportunity. Because this is the sort of thing that even if you already have a job in the industry, you could benefit from his Absolutely. expertise. Absolutely. Don't, don't think because you've got the job. Right. And it's and it's you couldn't learn more. It's not just also him critiquing your actual work, it's this is how you put a professional portfolio together. Oh yeah. So yeah. there it's actually two things. It's yeah. How to present your work and presenting your work. Um, So I think, you know, like, I I have a buddy who is a, you know, he competed in the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge Live last year, um, Adam, and uh, he he said, so should I bring, like, an actual portfolio portfolio or, like, should it be digital? And I was like, well, if you want to show video, bring it on a tablet. You know, right. and you sort of swipe, you know, that's what, that's yeah. the modern thing to do with your portfolios. You have it on a tablet and the person looking through it can just swipe through, you know, sort of like a PowerPoint presentation of your stuff rather than a physical binder. Yeah. I said, being both, you know, uh, you know, it's nice to have the physical one. Um, but then if you want to show, obviously, obviously this is, these are creatures, they have to move. Yeah. Um, they're not sculptures. So if you want to, it's probably in your best interest to show them in action. Um, in which case then you would want to show video. Um, so those are some of the fun things. Um, so we've got Brian Herring and Dave Chapman from BB-8 and Star Wars coming back. They're going to do a BB-8 panel called This Is How We Roll, um, which they bring tons of behind-the-scenes footage, and, and they really are very, very generous with the amount of behind-the-scenes stuff that they, that they can show. From what I understand, it's, it's kind of like a live bonus feature. Yes. It's like pretty from, much exactly what it's like. That's um, awesome. You know, and, and the, you know... To, for a character that's so popular and that everybody assumes is CG is actually a real puppet, you know. Oh, it, it um, blew my fucking mind when, because I think the first time we saw a physical BB-8 was at Comic-Con before Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. I think we had seen pictures of BB-8 and they hadn't really said anything because Lucas or Disney is very into keeping things mm-hmm. under wraps. And then at Comic Con they rolled him out, out on stage. Everybody's like, was "What like, the what fuck just happened? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. And but uh, you know, but that's what's so great about just like you were saying, this sort of new generation of puppetry technology, where instead of just this industry like, oh, we're just going to replace everything practical yeah. with with puppets or with CG, it's no 
CG is good for some things, and puppets are really good for other things. Yeah. And and it's about learning what puppets do best and let the puppets do those things, and what computers do best and let the computers do those things. Nothing will ever, if you're doing a live action movie, nothing will ever replace something having a physical presence. Right. You know, there's a reason that there's a difference between Yoda in Empire Strikes Back and Yoda in the prequels, you know, and and Yoda in Yoda in uh, Force uh, not Force Awakens in in Last Jedi. You know, not only was his personality back to adorable, weird (laughs) Yoda, um, but that was real. That was a even though it was actually not because it was a Force ghost, but it was a real puppet that they filmed to make the Force ghost, and you can. The difference is it's night and day. Yes. It's night and day. That you you can't. We're not to the point yet where CGI can completely replicate organic movement. We're no. just not. No. And 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 it's not just that. It's also CGI can't improv. Mm, yeah. You can't make. You can't yeah. take the scene in a different direction. You know, in and try something out with the actor. Right. You know, and that's that's where stop motion differs from puppetry. Is there's not that moment of trying something silly in, 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 on a take yeah. and seeing and throwing stuff around. You know, and part of what makes you know made the Muppets so good, and what made you know specifically Jim Henson and Frank Oz so good was they were just playing, and and the play. You know, that's why the Bert and Ernie stuff was so good, is because they were so. And and the Piggy and Kermit stuff was so good was their their live interaction and their ability to play off of each other that doesn't happen with computers, you know. Um, you're never going to be able to like catch a golden moment and and yeah. put it in the script when when everything has to be pre-programmed ahead of time, you know. Which is what's so funny about like the Toy Story outtakes at the yeah. end of Toy Story movies because. They're anything but. They're 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 doing this thing like, you know, they're trying to do that, and it's and it's cute, um, but it's not like I mean seriously, look up YouTube Emmett Otter outtakes, and there's a whole scene where they're trying to roll this drum out of a door window, and Mon Mon Emmett are like nailed to the floor outside of it, and <laughs> and it's just Frank Oz as Ma Otter being hilarious. Between all the takes that didn't work, they just tried. They were trying to roll this drum out and have it go in a straight line and go up, and the drum kept hitting the side or falling down. And Frank Oz's just like commentary and and improv stuff is just unbelievably hilarious. Like seriously, go watch, go watch those outtakes, and 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 that's what you're missing. When, when after you're done checking out the letter people, yeah, after you're checking out the letter people, you spent your 45 seconds with that. <laughs> Please, it's, check there's it out. a charm. There's a certain no, charm. I, I can see it. <laughs> so you said you said something that brings us to a, a pretty good segue point. You mentioned stop motion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there is an aspect of that present. Well, I think you can speak to that. Actually. Uh, I can speak to that because the last episode of the well, let's see. At this point, it'll be two episodes ago. Uh, but Rick Goldschmidt, who is the official historian for Rankin Bass Productions. Uh, and who is awesome and will not only uh, be presenting panels on the puppetry track, but has a table at Dragon Con as well, where he will have Rankin Bass memorabilia. He'll have his books that he's published about Rankin Bass. Uh, he's he's awesome. He knows everything. everything. Yeah. Uh, very. I'm very excited to see him in person. So yeah. So that was that was one of the other sort of non sort of deeper cuts that we also got right. to do this year with, with, uh, with Rick. So that's, that's a real treat. We're sharing, sharing him with the animation track. Um, so he's cross I think he has one panel in the animation track, one or two panels in the animation yeah, track. Yeah, I can't remember if he said, because we talked about Thundercats a little bit, and I can't remember if that's what it was, because hmm. Thundercats and uh, Silverhawks were both ranking best productions. Okay. I know that he's doing a... Uh, um, uh, and Tiger Sharks, but nobody ever talks about Tiger no. Sharks. Uh... Peter Cottontail is coming to town, or these two buddies yeah, coming to town. Yeah, Frosty. Frosty. Oh, Frosty was animated. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, Frosty was animated. Um, so yeah, so we're excited to have uh, excited to have Rick and do the Rankin Bass stuff. He's going to do sort of like 
uh, all-encompassing panel about sort of it's the 22nd anniversary of, of Rankin Bass. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, everyone knows the 22nd is the big year. It is. Um, it is. This is the big anniversary year. So, uh, that, so he's that, gonna that's do, this. That's the year of Cedar. I think. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be doing sort of an overview panel. Then he'll have one panel dedicated just to uh, Mad Monster Party, which is amazing. Out of um, all of the Rankin Bass things that need their own panel, yes, that's the that's one. That's especially at Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is mm-hmm. the other one. And so, uh, so we're excited to have Rick. Um, and then uh, we also have, uh, let's see, some of the favorites, uh, the typical favorites. We're doing puppet coaching and characterization again, where people who bring their own puppets to Dragon Con will get to be teamed up in very, very small groups with professional puppeteers, and it's really more of an acting workshop. It's less of a manipulation workshop and more of, you know, trying to help amateur puppeteers get past that a puppet is a funny voice that you do with your hand. Right. And really embrace that these that these puppet characters that you're, that you're bringing to life are fully realized characters. Um, and that will en- enhance your performance if you know... What makes this character afraid? What does this character love? What, you know... And there is some manipulation in there. How does your puppet act when he's lying? How does your puppet act? How, do you, how, does, how does it act? You know, what are the physicality things that, that it can do? But really diving in more of, okay, who is this character? Okay, he's, he's a monkey and his name's Bobo and he likes bananas. Alright, let's, let's figure more out about Bobo here. Because Bobo is going to be more capable of being entertaining and engaging... If Bobo is a character and not exactly just a monkey that likes bananas, exactly. So that's a really great opportunity um, for amateur puppeteers, and we've been doing it for a couple of years now, and, and people really, really get a lot out of it. Um, then, there, of course, there's always the amazing Magic Puppet Tea Party hosted by the wonderful Stacy Gordon, uh, where you can bring your own puppets and interact socially with other puppets. I am currently. And, and uh, there are possibly one or two other things popping up for me, which makes me... I'm already busier than I plan to be, and that will make me way busier than I plan to be. But currently, I'm not doing anything that hour. And because of another panel I'm doing, I will have a puppet with me hey, at Dragon Con. There you go. So come on down to the Magic Puppet Tea Party. And then, um, because Stacy asked to do it, and I said yes, <laughs> there will be puppet karaoke... On uh, Saturday night, damn you! I know it's the same time as as the as the screening, so uh, I I will not be going to puppet karaoke. I will be going to the screening, and I appreciate that, and yeah. I love you for it. Yes. But I I went as soon as I saw puppet karaoke, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to that, and then I saw the time, yeah. and I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you know the schedule is very difficult to move stuff around, oh, yeah, and, and yeah. very difficult this year. You know, I thought that it would be a lighter year. But really, um, it was very difficult to make changes and move things around. Um, a lot of it was sort of based around the Henson people schedules because sure. you have these like four people that are all doing their own panels and then also have to be on panels together. So they were all linked together in ways that you know. And then you don't want to have any one person doing three events in a row. You want them to have buffers and breaks and things yeah. built into it. So trying to move things around with. Specifically around those four people was very very difficult because every time I tried it was like well I can move this over here oh no then they're gonna have three things in a row okay well I can move this over here and switch this right now that's gonna not be good um, so that was a real challenge for sure this year um, and the changes that I did make we had a, a, a last minute um, addition Steve Whitmire uh, will be coming back again this year uh, he will be on the Walk of Fame and he's doing some panels so. You can uh, learn all about Steve's incredible career, starting with him being an Atlanta native and uh, being uh, auditioning for uh, Jane Henson, Jim's wife, in the Atlanta airport. Um, just sitting in the middle of the airport, he pulled his puppets out and, and auditioned right there for Jane. And then next thing you know, they're flying him to England and he's on the Muppet Show. And this was this was at a time when Atlanta was not what it is now. No, no. Somebody from Atlanta. Exactly. Being in the industry was not yeah. really a thing. It was. It was. And it was. The, it was at a time when the main sort of Muppet crew had been working together for a long time, and it was really sort of the first start of them bringing some new people on. 
Um, they brought Louise Gold on, who was just an actress in the UK who did a bunch of voices and stuff. Um, but she was tall. And so they, <laughs> she, had, she had all these great voices. Um, and so she played, like, the other pig... That's not Piggy. Right. Uh, and a bunch of the other female characters. The one characters. with just the little... The little... Uh, dot eyes. Yeah. I can't... What can um, think of her? Did she even have any? Well, no, no, no. That's a different pig. That, oh. That's actually Piggy... That's actually Miss Piggy before Miss Piggy's character gelled. There were two pigs. There were there was Miss Piggy and then this other pig char- girl pig character... Oh, okay. ...that came around later, sort of after Miss Piggy had found her voice and became Miss Piggy. Okay, And suddenly, okay. Miss Piggy's personality, like, ran away with the show. Um... And suddenly, Piggy was more popular than Kermit, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, and is just a testament to Frank Oz, you know, his ability to create characters. Yeah. Uh, so so Steve, what, so Steve will be back, um, and then uh, some other things that we've got. It is it is not in the puppetry track this year. It is being hosted by the military sci-fi track um, because we aren't talking about the puppets. But uh, it is the 20th anniversary of Farscape. So Brian Henson is going to be there, and then a huge number of, of performers, of actors from the show. Ben Browder, um, who has not been to DragonCon, I don't know if ever. Um, he may have been wow. once. Uh, and we, we, they've had they've had sort of like Anthony Simcoe and um, Gigi Edgeley come. They come pretty frequently. A lot yeah. of Tupu comes pretty frequently, but uh, it's much rarer for Claudia Black and and uh, and Ben Browder to be there. I don't know if Claudia Black is coming, um, but I know that Ben Browder is, so that's pretty crazy. Um, that almost makes me want to go just to see Ben Browder, but, um, but I am busy. Uh, let's see. Um, Aaron and Gina are coming back. They are North Star puppets. They came to DragonCon four years ago or something like that. Um, they're back with uh, panels and um, kid shows. They have uh, Boy of the Kraken, a kid show, and um, their TV pilot, Circus Town, which uh, the New Puppet Order um, actually helped executive produce. Oh, very cool. Um, so, yeah, so we were right there. I'm, I'm an official executive producer of Circus Town. Um, and then one of the other things that was our, our, a new thing that we did last year that turned out to be probably the most successful new thing that we've done short of maybe the Tea Party and, and puppet coaching and characterization, is we're bringing back Ultimate Puppet Ninja Warrior. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and not only are we bringing it back, but it's bigger. So I'm so happy to know that that went over well, because I was really excited about that last year. It, I had no idea how well it was going to go. I mean, I thought it would be fun and some people would be there, you know, um, but we've never done, like, a contest, like, right. before, you know, and, and, and while, there have, while there is some interaction... With uh, Puppetry 101 and the Monitor Workshop, you know, where, where people are getting up on their feet, this idea was just crazy. Um, it was brought because last year was a National Puppet Slam year, and one of the performer groups from uh, Portland does this thing as a workshop. Mm-hmm. And we turned it into this contest. And so last year there was round one and round two, and then... Um, at the end of round two, the winners from round one and the winners from the first part of round two faced off in the finals. This year we're enhancing it, and so there's a round two, round one on Friday, round two on Saturday, and then a separate finals on Sunday. So the teams that win round one and round two will then be brought back for the finals, and it'll be the same obstacle course, but then we're going to add in a section, a new section for the finals, okay. and that's how it's going to be different. But we've got celebrity judges... Um, so Alan Troutman uh, is one of our judges, and then uh, Michael Shupak uh, from the Puppet Kitchen um, in New York is one of the other judges, and he has a very similar thing called Boon Raku Olympics, which is like track and field events, So it's it's but it's the same sort of three people on a puppet right. kind of thing, and this is more Ultimate Ninja Warrior, you know, obstacle course kind of thing. <laughs> so... Um, so those are the... Uh, Alan is a judge, and... Michael is a judge, and then the third judge is Barnaby Dixon. Uh, so really, really great um, judges. And then there will be uh, Gina and Aaron will be our color commentators. So they're like the sportscasters, like yeah. just stepping up to the platform. He's reaching for the rope. Uh, and they're going to be great at that. And then 
our coaches are going to be um, Damon Young from the Center for Puppetry Arts, teaching artists at the Center for Puppetry Arts, uh, Raymond Carr, hometown hero, puppeteer, yes. um, and celebrity uh, surprise guest uh, coach Peter Lenz. Um, oh, fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, so, if for those of you who get paired up in, in, in Peter's group, you are in for a treat because... Um, that is probably going to be some of the best puppetry training you're going to get, uh, you know, um, from 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 a guy with Peter's, you know, credentials. Um, so we're very excited. Uh, yeah, so Peter was sort of a surprise last-minute addition. Yeah, um, yeah, he was only within the last couple of weeks, Yeah, right? so, last, yeah, he done. sort of came in, um, uh, and he, he was one of our guests at the very first puppetry track, um, and... Uh, we're very, very happy to have him back, and he'll he'll be in the monitor workshop. He'll be doing a panel about um, on a panel about you know being a puppeteer for a living, um, things like that. Uh, and let's see what else we got going on. Um, Bean and Bear back with uh, Yay, a kids show, Bear. a late night show, and also a sort of workshop called Making Things Out of Stuff with Bean and Bear. So they'll <laughs> teach you how to make stuff out of. Jump clan around. Could not um, be more appropriate. Yes. If, if anybody has uh, seen their their pet dog, whose name I cannot remember, Scraps? Scraps. Scraps, yes, Scraps the dog. Uh, and then um, Valerie Meese will be back, uh, who's a long-time um, Puppetry Track uh, uh, participant, is back with her show, Let's Go Cry With Strangers. Now, this is really I'm exciting. dying to see this. It is. Uh, when is this? Let's Go Cry With Strangers is Friday at 10. 10 p.m.? Friday at 10 p.m. Oh... Shit. Nope. Well, uh, Valerie is, af- since just a couple of years ago, Valerie has started to live this kind of charmed existence, um, you know, which has included everything from doing a puppet of Peter Capaldi and meeting Peter Capaldi yeah. and him becoming her fairy godfather uh, and traveling all over the world to Japan and Germany uh, and uh, the Czech Republic. Um and, and just sort of, like, she just keeps going on these adventures which keep opening other doors for her. She just went to the puppet festival that I went to in Spain this year um, because she just happened to be in Barcelona. And I, and I looked at the dates, and I'm like, wait, when are you in Barcelona again? <laughs> and she said, oh, these dates. And I'm like, there's a puppet festival going on in Spain, and you're right there. And sure enough, it all worked out. Like, it just keeps somehow magically working out for Valerie. Um, so this is part of her show that she has been developing. She developed it at Partlet, uh, it, partly in, in, in her own town, and then she was an emerging artist at the O'Neill this year developing it. So she got a lot of, of excellent work done on it at the O'Neill. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's about these connections between, these strange connections between people and experiences and opportunities. Um, and uh, it, it's one of the really good adult, not adult, but not for kids, right, right, right. shows that, that we've got. Uh, and then, let's see what else. Um, we've extended based on our feedback. Um, traditionally, we have closed the track out on Monday with Puppetry 101 for Adults with Aretta. And um, a lot of the feedback said, we wish this was longer. So we heard you. And it is a double long panel with Aretta on, on Monday. Oh, wow. That's and it's the last cool. thing that happens. Um, somebody said in the feedback that they go to Aretta's class every year. And that she is the coffee for their soul, which is a very accurate description of Aretta. Um, also, a bonus Aretta fact: Aretta was just named president of Puppeteers of America, which is fantastic. Um, and to put that in perspective for our listeners, Jim Henson was president of Puppeteers of America from 1962 to 1963. So um, the office has quite a, a, a lineage. Um, and so we're very, very proud and honored that uh, one of our volunteers is president of our, you know, professional organization. So hooray for Aretta. Um Yeah, that's, uh, I think, a lot of the highlights. Um, I can see Elizabeth in my spreadsheet moving things around right now, which is a little weird. Um, <laughs> things just started moving across my screen, and I'm like, oh, Elizabeth's in the spreadsheet making things look pretty. That's um, great. She, I gave her permission today, so I build the schedule, and then once the schedule is locked, Elizabeth goes in and makes it pretty. The spreadsheet, okay, I guess. spreadsheet magic. So that's why everything is moving around on my screen. Um, thankfully, not because it's haunted. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, uh, oh, um, the Dark Crystal people will be doing there. There will be an autograph session 
and there will be uh, a limited number of of uh, prints. So oh, it's very dark crystal art, sort of like we've done in the past with Henson, where yeah. there's a print. It's, it's, it'll say Dragon Con 2019, Dark Crystal Age Resistance, um, and it's first come first serve. You know, everyone who comes to the autograph session will get one of these posters, and and all the the people from the show will get will will sign it. Um, very cool. So we're really excited about that. And then Brian Henson will be doing an autograph session, even though he's not actually. He's going to be moderating the Dark Crystal panel. He didn't work on, on it, but he knows all the smart questions fast. Sure, sure. Um, so, but he's not actually doing any of his own um, puppetry programming this year. He's just doing Farscape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm looking forward to the year, and uh, next year we will go back to... I mean, I'll, of course, also Bob and Carl are going to host um, the, the Late Night Puppets. what I was just getting yeah, ready to so say. We're going to put this... There's that part, too. too. Yeah. Um, so the big, the big finale, the cherry on top of the puppetry track. Uh, Bob and Carl will come out of their uh, retirement um, and we'll host the show again. <laughs> they'll, they'll come out of their holes, see their shadows, and disappear yes. for another year. We'll reenter our cryogenic stasis tubes. <laughs> um, although it's it's sort of weird because you know obviously the situation with the Sheridan has been concerning to a lot of people. Sure. Um, but every, you know the Sheridan has a clean bill of health. It is it is yeah. open. Yeah. Um, and but because of the all of the the drama surrounding the Sheridan, the sci-fi janitors have enjoyed this sort of resurgence because it's like people just keep posting pictures of them being like right. the sci-fi janitors are the heroes we need, you know, the, yeah, to clean up yeah. to clean up the Sheridan. So that's been so I think people are planning on dressing up like them again this year. Is oh, that would be great, and they're gonna like oh yeah, of course clean they the Sheridan. Um, yeah, so that's oh, been a sort wow. of weird sort of like all right. So hey, if you if you dress up in a sci-fi janitor's costume. Come down to the puppetry track and yeah. get a hug and a photo, and I'd love to see your costumes. You know, um, so that's you know, uh, still to this day, the the year that somebody took the picture of a janitor's cosplayer scrubbing away, brushing the um, the hate people on the street with the, yeah. the uh, you know God hates you know gay people and and telling us all that we're going to hell. Um, I've probably never been more proud of anything I've ever done than to to see that. Somebody did the the best thing with something that that I made that you, you know, made. That, yeah, that yeah, still that's that still is you know. I, I wish you know. I, I tried. I, I said you know whoever this is, please come say hi. Like, uh, and they no, never did. Never. Um, I never I never got to meet them, and and I'm I'm disappointed. But uh, still, that's probably something I'm more proud of than anything. Um, so thank you, whoever you are. You, <laughs> you did the right thing. Thank you for fighting the good fight. I'm sure they're big Needless Things podcast listeners. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> so, yeah, that, and that's the thing is, the for me, because Monday, I get up and I leave. Yeah. I'm, I am done. As a matter of fact, somebody was, there There are a few things going on Wednesday night uh, that, that people have kept asking me, hey, we're doing this Wednesday, and I'm like, I don't do Wednesdays. Right. I, I can't, there's no, I can't. Yeah. I don't have it in me. I'm pretty done on Monday. Um... After being up for the slam, and then and you know, and then the last night of Dragon Con, you know, you try to squeeze every last drop, drop out. Yeah. And uh, so Monday, I'm pretty much ready to go. Um, well, that I don't program anything heavy on Monday. Last year, uh, after everything was done, mm-hmm. and I was heading back to the room, the sun's coming up, yeah. and I was like, you know, I should probably go ahead and load the car right now. <laughs> and I because. Oh, wow. It's, it's it was like seven yeah. o'clock in the morning. Right. Nobody was out. I was like, "Shit, I'll be able to just uh, grab a luggage yeah. cart, take everything down there, and you, then, you get sleep. a luggage cart." Yeah, <laughs> and then sleep for a few hours, and then just get yeah, up and go wow, home. That's, that's exactly great. what I did, and it wow. was great. So that's my that's my plan again this year. So it's probably not. Gonna, I'll probably end up getting too shit faced or something. Yeah, yeah, that happens. But uh, uh, yeah, yes, it does. It does. Uh, so um, so yeah so. Uh, that's this year, and then next year it'll be another National Slam year, so I'll be pulled in two different directions, and um, the plan, I believe, is for us to switch back from the Crystal Ball to back to the Labyrinth Ball again, okay. um, so it'll be Labyrinth Ball again, uh, unless we just change our minds, um, you know, I, it might depend on the success of the Netflix series, it might be that we just don't do the ball anymore because it's... Uh, a lot of work on like the busiest weekend of you know the year. Yeah. Um, but people really like it. You know the people that the people that have come. You know we have people that come every year. Oh, that's one thing I forgot to talk about. Um, is that Kendall Bailey, the winner of the Jim Henson Creature Shock Challenge Live contest last year at DragonCon, 
um, is doing a panel. Oh, very good. And so it'll be about her creating her creature, which was a Farscape-based creature. Um, she's from Australia, so coming all the way from Australia to, to DragonCon to compete. And then part of her prize for winning was uh, that she got a tour of the Dimension Creature Shop. So it'll be sort of like her journey of, I went, uh, I made the thing, I went to DragonCon, I won the thing, I went to the Creature Shop. And that uh, will be hosted or moderated by Kirk Thatcher. Who was one uh, of the judges? That's right. We yes. haven't even talked about Kirk Thatcher. Well, Kirk's who coming is... in on some other package. Yeah, that I couldn't quite figure Not out. He's, he's going to have a table this year. Yeah, which which was which is weird. Like well, I couldn't quite figure out what capacity he's. He, he's part of. He, he's with some other group for some other property okay. that, isn't, that doesn't have puppets in it. Well, anyway, for the listeners, Kirk Thatcher, as, as you know from two episodes of the Needless Things podcast, that's right. is. Freaking wonderful, yeah. and find him and do whatever stuff he's doing. Yes. Unfortunately, Christine McConnell didn't get picked up again, which is a bummer because it was a really cute show. Yeah. Um, uh, but probably very expensive, um, you know, as all puppet projects are. Well, I'm sure it's expensive, and I'm sh- it's it's has a bit of a challenging tone for mass consumption. I think it's niche. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, it's that's a, that's very niche. Uh, yeah. Is it my niche? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, it's like, if you love Halloween and puppets, oh, let's see, that's me. Um, I, I think even your average nerd would have to give it three, two, two three episodes sure. before they go, oh, I get yeah. their, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so that's, so, which is a bummer because we totally could have done great panels and probably, and, and it's one of those shows that we probably could have gotten the puppets from, like, we probably right. could have got that mummy cat. Yeah, if, yeah, if, if I, if, you know, if I had tried really hard, I, that, that, that was probably doable. Yeah. Um, but that's a bummer. Um, so, eh, it is what it is. And, yeah, so that's, uh, that's all until we talk about He-Man. Right, I know. We were supposed to, for the listeners, we are still doing the, the, we've got a big, and that's the problem. State of the universe. We can't, I don't think we can cover it in an hour. Yeah. From from Comic-Con to Through what Power we Con. learned this past weekend. Yeah, that's a lot. It, it's we, Well, but there aren't any new classics to talk about, so. <laughs> nor will there be. Nor will there be, which is a bummer. Yeah, um, but we can't. We can't get into it now. Can't get into it, yeah. Bo, thank you for having me once again live in Brownton Abbey. Here in Brownton and recording live. And, and this episode goes up the Wednesday, because this is a special Wednesday episode, because obviously I'm not posting one on the Friday of Dragon Con. No. That would make no sense. No. So this is this is our final episode before Dragon Con, right. which I, technically I guess is going on now. Probably. For a lot of people. People are already, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're for my, sure. I, my stuff is over there in the corner, packed up, getting ready to go. So, yeah. Yeah. People are definitely in... DragonCon go time now for sure. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners, we'll we'll see you in I'll just a few time. hours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for you, Bo, I'll see you in less than two weeks. Yeah. Midnight at the Marriott. That's right. Countdown. There should be a song. Midnight at the Marriott. Ooh wee ooh wee ooh. is happening now. It's just me and you and a billion and other people. And then eighty-two other, eighty-two thousand people. <laughs> Awesome. All right, you got to sign us out. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey indeed. I hope if you are currently on your way to Dragon Con or anywhere else for that matter, you're having a good journey. Uh, one of the best ways to have a good journey is to make sure you stay hydrated, make sure you stay uh, properly nutrient enriched. <laughs> What is the word I'm looking for? Make sure you eat right, people. Uh, You can't just eat junk all the time. You can't not eat. That's also bad. Uh, So so make sure you're taking care of yourself on that front. Last year, I found these, like, protein bars that uh, aren't necessarily tasty, but, man, they kept me going. They were a game changer. They're RX bars. That's what they were. They were RX bars. And, uh... I'm not even kidding. They changed the game for me because I I kept some in my bag. And throughout the day, I I only ate probably like two a day because I generally do get at least a couple of meals in every day. Uh, But those things really did make a huge difference. So they have my stamp of approval. Uh, The peanut butter ones are the best. They're they're berry ones that are uh, pretty good, but the peanut butter are the best. 
And look, they're they're tough. They're going to take you a little bit of time to get down because they're so dense. But uh, like I said, they were they were magic. They did the trick. Uh, also, make sure you you know all your your bags. You've got your backpack or your uh, what is the man purse called now? Messenger bag, whatever. Make sure you've got all the bags you need. Make sure you have an insulated beer bag if you need that. Pack your flasks. Bring a funnel. Bring spoons. Bring toothpicks. Well, not toothpicks. Dental floss. Bring dental floss and toothpaste. Check your packing list. Make a packing list, and I'll see you there. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.